from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This is the NTT IndyCar Series on the IndyCar Radio Network and Sirius XM IndyCar Nation. Uh, no disrespect to St. Petersburg, Texas, Long Beach, Barber, Road America, any of those. But, uh, boy, if that doesn't bring a smile to your face. From the world's greatest race course, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, welcome. As uh, a two-day test session is well underway at this story two-and-a-half-mile oval. Happy to have you with us this afternoon. Mark James joined by Davey Hamilton. And, uh, Davey, uh, just n- no place. I- I've said it before. You could be here in January, February, you know, but, but, but whenever. Uh, uh, but, but but certainly the experience is enhanced on a day like today when we have cars making their way around this oval. Yeah, it's good to have this test right now. It, it tells you that we're close. It's almost time. Summer's coming. The, the, the good weather is about to be here. And we have cars on track. And by the way, we have all 20 or 32 cars that are entered for the yep. Indy 500 here, uh, Mark, for the next two days. So it's good to uh, let these drivers and these teams get a little bit familiarized with this track again, to get the rookies through their rookie test and the, and the, um, the part-timers to do a refresher course. So it's just good to get lap time here. It's a little cold out right now, Mark, but at least, at least they're on track uh, making laps. Well, Mother Nature uh, slowed the proceedings in terms of them getting underway a little bit earlier on today. But uh, pretty much got back on track. And uh, if need be, the session can be extended. But uh, uh, first things first, uh, rookie orientation program. All of the rookies that are here today were able to complete their uh, rookie orientation program. And uh, several drivers able to uh, complete their refresher programs as well. Yeah, so right now we got Eilat. How about that? I mean, that kid, he's really doing a yeah. good job this year for that Juco's racing team. DeFrancesco, Marco Andretti, Karam, Montoya, Malukas, Kirkwood, and Lungard are the ones that did the re- either the refresher or the rookie orientation. All have made it through with fine colors, and so now it's uh, – it's time for everybody to go out. Yeah, Everybody's it's an all-skate, as they all say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, in your years of experience here, all the 500s that you started, uh, of course, uh, the big challenge uh, comes from when you have a new chassis and engine uh, program. Now, uh, let's face it, these have been in place for a while now, but that doesn't mean that a team that – was fast here a year ago, will come here with the same setup this year, and they might very well struggle. Yeah, there, there, there are, you know, I think some of these teams are still trying to get a, a hold of the of the canopy they have. The, 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 the new canopy they put on adds weight to the car. It's right. up high. Obviously, it's very safe. I think they're getting better and better, mostly on the street and road courses. But here at Indy, I think there's still some work to do. A lot of these teams are trying to make sure they have it figured out. They start where they were last year if they were good, and then just try to improve on that. I, I you know, We hope to see speeds up. Another thing, Honda and Chevrolet, they don't just do nothing over the wintertime. So they are... Uh, you know, they they did a little homework. They're trying to be faster. They want to win the you know world's the world's biggest race, and uh, so the motors could be a little different. Have to check fuel mileage, things like that. Uh, Thirty seconds until the green flag will fly and give everybody an opportunity to get out on the racetrack uh, this afternoon. And um, uh, but we we talked a little bit about uh, the aero screen, and and you know we we kind of skate across. Um, the additional weight 
And it, it's not just a matter, Davey, as cars are leaving pit road now as the green flag flies. It's not just simply a matter of, of adding the weight. It's where the weight is being added, which is in the center of the race car. What challenges does that present for these teams? Well, you know, and I, it's probably the best place you want to put it is in the center of the race car, but it's high. You know, everything on IndyCar, you want it as low as you possibly can. Any yeah. weight, you want to get, try to get it as low as you can. The higher the weight, the more it pendulums, you know, and it makes the car want to, to roll more. And it's, it's substantial. It's like 50 pounds of weight up all high all of a sudden. So um, it, it changes your spring rates. It changes your roll centers. There's a lot of things that it changes. And plus, just not getting air to these drivers, for them to get used to that as well. When, you know, every time I drove here, you know, we we had 230-mile-an-hour wind, you know, somehow making contact with your helmet one way or another. And so you could really feel the speed. You could feel the air. And with these canopies, you can't feel that. So it's just a whole different sensation. Uh, these drivers, I, first of all, it, it's, it's all for safety. And then I'm all for that. It's just a different... It's a different thing these drivers and teams need to get used to and try to, you know, figure out how to make them work. So, uh, again, this session is underway, and they're going to run for a couple of hours. And uh, uh, we look at a uh, track temperature at 82 degrees and ambient temperature of 63 degrees. How does that stack up? Is that pretty ideal? Yeah, I think it's good. You know, I always, you know, anytime I said between 65 and 75 degrees is when I wanted to be here on this on the, on the track, and that was an ambient temperature. Track temperatures, I didn't really, it didn't matter that much because you knew it was going to be under control rather sunny or cloudy and what that does mark is the air is just a little bit heavier gives you just that little more downforce which as a driver feels good here just gives you a little more confidence in the car it sticks just a little bit better and with this heavier it gives you just that little more power so i always like those conditions so i have to say it's really close to almost ideal conditions other than the wind it is windy out there mark it's got a, yep. a bit of a breeze it looks like it's going uh from the back straightaway to the front straightaway so when you go down into turn one it's going to get on that you know the the, the wind hits that nose and makes the car turn a little more than you want at times. And then same in three. You could turn into three and just a little light in the back end. So you just got to be cautious of that. When there's a windsock on on top of the scoring tower in the front straightaway, and I, these drivers, every time I'd go down the front straightaway, I'd try to take a look. Yeah, at I was just getting ready to ask you that. Is yeah. that what you look at? Yeah. So when I first started here, that was not there. And so I was driving for A.J. Foy, and back then there was a tree down in turn one. And so he'd always tell me to look at the tree to see you could tell if the wind was blowing or not going down turn one. That was AJ's way of kind of knowing what the wind was doing and if it was moving that tree around. Fortunately, on turn three and now on top of the scoring pylon, there are wind socks. And so majority of the time I drove, you would just keep an eye on those. You could see them very well. They're very large wind socks just so you kind of know what to expect. And once you feel it and know what the car is going to do, you you really learn a lot from that. So you kind of know what to expect. Uh, what's your twi- Twitter handle again in case the people want to ask you a question? Send us a question on social media. Jeez, uh, that's a good one. It's been so long since I put it, but I think it's just Davey Hamilton uh, at Twitter. Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, at James Mars. James Marr at my M-A-R or you IndyCar Radio for sure. So if you've got a question uh, for Davey or for me, uh, what we don't know we'll make up. How's that sound? <laughs> Perfect. We're good at that. <laughs> so uh, business picking up. Alexander Rossi among those turning laps. And uh, how about Jimmy Johnson? Uh, probably the most well-documented hand injury in recent memory, Davey. It's got a lot of attention for sure. Yeah, it sure has. You know, it was really unfortunate what happened after such a good run at Texas. We always 
always talked about Jimmy. You know, he came into the series running street and road courses only, which was a surprise coming from NASCAR. Majority of the races there are ovals. I thought, well, he'll do the ovals because that's what he's most comfortable with. Uh, just the opposite. But now he decided to run the full season. And by the way, his best result and, and the best he's ever looked in IndyCar was at Texas Motor Speedway in that oval. So very encouraging. Got a really good result. Um, I think a fifth um, at Texas. And then had some, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I think, encouragement that he can figure these cars out. It just he needs to work on the tracks. And then he goes to Long Beach right off, gets the tire barrier, doesn't get his hand off the wheel quick enough, breaks a bone, hits it a second time, and unfortunately hits it a third time. So a terrible weekend for him after such a great result at Texas. It is at Davy Hamilton, by the way. I was able to clear that up yeah. for you. I looked it up real quick. So it is at Davy Hamilton. And then even if you don't have a question, just let us know you're listening and uh, where you're joining us from. If it's at work, we'll keep that between us. Won't tell your boss that. But uh, thank you for joining us for sure. Uh, 16 cars early on have taken to the track. So, Davy, as we often ask you when we get into these sessions, uh, checklist for these teams, especially as it pertains to this session this afternoon. Well, here's the great news is they, they really aren't going to worry about qualifying whatsoever. Now's the chance to really try to find a good race car. As we already see, we got six cars going down the front straightaway, nose to tell. They're already out there in race kind of sims, trying to figure what these cars are going to do in dirty air, how, how they're going to react, and I think that's the key thing. Don't worry about qualifying. You know what kind of speed you have here, and if you get a really good race car, then kind of back up to the qualifying here comes another uh, group of five cars, another six cars, actually. So um, they're, they're really working on race subs right now. So they'll have their list to go through. But I have to say, it's pretty impressive this early on to have confidence to go out there in traffic. Uh, speeds are continuing to climb. Connor Daly just turned a lap at 225.630. Elio Castroneves at 225.1. The 224s for Rita's VK, Simon Pagino, Alexander Rossi, and Santino Ferrucci. Uh, Harvey Carpenter in the 220s. Herda and Award in the 219s along with Ray Hall. Grosjean at 217. And Jimmy Johnson still giving it a shakedown. A few other cars have reported to pit road but have not turned laps yet in terms of clearing timing and scoring. How, how about that for Connor Day? That's that's good right out of the box. We know that Ed Carpenter, how good Ed's ran around here and how well that team has adapted to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It looks like they're going to pick right up right where they left off. And by the way, it looks good for Chevrolet right now. They have four of the top five. Now, this is obviously very early on. We just want to keep you aware who's going fast at what time. But, uh, for example, I see Scott Dixon right now with a cup of coffee heading out to his car. So he'll be in a car momentarily. Uh, new dad, Joseph Newgarden, has that shell paint scheme. It's a new one for the Indianapolis 500. It looks really cool. Yeah, I like that. Matter of fact, it looks a little bit like, I think it's the Miller car. That, and uh, Danny's Once upon a time, yeah. Yeah, Danny's it kind of gives us that look. But, uh, yeah, definitely a cool-looking car. Something different. First time we've seen it with Joseph. So, uh, yeah. Good, good, uh, very nice paint scheme. So again, Connor Daly continues P1. It's up to a 225.630 miles per hour. And uh, again, Davey, conditions very conducive. And uh, we certainly, no reason to believe we shouldn't see all 32. As you said, you continue to see drivers make their way out of the path. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm really sure all 32 cars on track. It looks like everybody's here, ready to go. All set up yesterday. And um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, a good opportunity to see what everybody has. And we're still waiting, Mark. We, there's one more spot to fill the field. And, you know, it'd be nice to see we get two or three more. But I think we're just be fortunate this year to get one more. Don't know who that will be yet. But hopefully we'll... Uh 
soon have that 33rd car to fill the field. Uh, we're going to have guests all throughout the course of this show and then again tomorrow. We're happy to have with us uh, the sports director from the ABC affiliate here in Indianapolis. Uh, our good friend Brad Brown. Brad stepped into the uh, rather stretched out shoes of his predecessor Dave First and uh, in relatively no time at all, Brad, people around Indianapolis saying, Dave who? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, the funny thing is that he comes down the street here and hangs out with uh, with you IndyCar types on yeah, the daily right. now, and, and you can, but it's it's been exciting to have the opportunity to step up and continue the uh, great tradition, particularly here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that goes back decades at WRTV and really get a chance to get out here this year in particular, as you guys I'm sure have talked to throughout the course of the day and really feel like May feels like May again this year. Yeah, that's for sure, and uh, that, there's obviously been tremendous promotional efforts undertaken by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to remind people that it is uh, the, fully open for business and they want everybody to come back. So uh, I, I know that uh, the dust has just settled uh, on the NCAA tournament and all your high school sports coverage from winter sports and whatnot and uh, keeping an eye on the start of Major League Baseball and the NBA uh, playoffs. But uh, how soon does the planning process get underway for what you have planned for the month of May? You know, we really get into that as honestly as the calendar year flips over in January and into February because it's such an undertaking, as, as you guys know, really for this entire city that May is an entire month for us. And really, as we get into this middle part of April, we start the assemblage on these two days here in particular of the stories that we'll be telling over the course of the next six weeks and get a chance to really piece that together. And then that planning process really just evolves as, as the weeks goes on and the, and the stories develop as we work toward May 29th. You get to do things like Dave used to do, like fly off to Florida and then get on a fishing boat with I, Ryan Hunter Ray. Oddly enough, I will not be on a boat this year okay. at any point. That was, uh, but no, I had a chance to go down to St. Pete for the opener and really kind of get a taste of the first part of the season and we'll we'll spend a lot of time with these teams here in, in and around Indianapolis and really get a chance to uh, dig into some of the people behind the scenes uh, that really make these teams uh, beyond just some of the drivers and really get into some of the stories uh, that are, are we're really looking forward to telling some great stuff this month. Herta, Rossi, and Grosjean, Davey, those guys, uh, those three Andretti Autosport teammates uh, go pretty much nose to tail down the main straightaway. Yeah, sure do, and that's that's the key. Especially when you have teammates to be able to go out and do that. You have a strategy amongst the team on what you want to do, who you want to lead, for how long. We see Rossi just ran a 221.595 in that ninth position. Herta passed him that last lap at a 220. So um, Grosjean, he's the one just trying to learn, see what this is all about, getting some dirty air, and follow these two uh, these two veterans around here. Around 19 and a half uh, gallons, I believe, the fuel cell, Davey, somewhere in that range. So I, I mean, in terms of how much fuel will they actually be running in a standard does it depend on what they're trying to accomplish? Yeah, it just depends on what they're trying to accomplish, Mark. If they, They're probably not at full loads at this point unless uh, they're going to do long runs. There's no sense in being at full load. Another thing is it's tire wear. Sometimes until this track, it's rubbered in, and it's sometimes a little hard on tires. They have nine sets for this for these two days, so they have plenty of tires, but they're usually fuel to tire. So um, we'll just see how long these tires are last, and if they, if they tend to wear out, balance seems that the grip goes away dent balance changes, but right now I wouldn't say full loads until maybe later on, maybe tomorrow. What was a full load when you went your rookie year here? So we, we were in the 28-gallon range, and it's usually, 30, you know, you try to go that 28 laps or something like that on a set of tires as well. Sometimes a little longer, just depending on if you're saving fuel or not. Yeah, yeah once upon a time, they carried a lot more than that. <laughs> once upon a time, I think they were up in the 40-gallon. Yeah, back not in, higher than yeah, that. And yeah, and they had fuel sure. on yeah. both sides of the driver. <laughs> yeah. It was a little sketchy. Yeah, they decided to, to make some adjustments yeah. there, didn't yeah. they, wisely for 
sure. Well, Brad Brown from uh, WRTV Channel 6 is our guest. And, uh, Brad, uh, I would imagine, at least for now, it may get a little dicier the weekend of qualifying, but i I, I got to believe that it, for these drivers, just being here and you talking to them today, it's got to be like kids at, at, at Disney World. Lots of smiles down there today, Mark. Indeed, we talked to the veterans after that first session when they got done there at around 2.30, and all of these guys are just so excited to get back here and just get a taste of this, just to get a chance to turn some laps here. You mentioned Grosjean running with this Andretti group right here. I talked to Romain back in Gasoline Alley. That first stint they came out, they were just feeling it. He's just feeling his way around this this first time, and now as we're seeing him run in traffic with his teammates here, that was kind of the next step. They wanted to get that 28 car out there and see what it felt like with a couple guys around him. So everybody's got a little bit of something that they're working on, but it seems like all of these teams just have, they've got those boxes to check off their list and get X number of things done today, tomorrow, and then really be set up well when we get back here in three weeks. When was your first Indianapolis 500? Not necessarily as as, as a member of the media, but as a fan. Uh, Fan first year here was 2002. Um, That would have been the second of Elio's uh-huh. first two. Uh-huh. And then I had a chance to come back here the following year in 03 and cover my first race as a member of the media. I was working at WANE Channel 15, the CBS yeah. affiliate up in Fort Wayne. was our first chance to come down here and uh, eyes wide open for that first experience of being in it on race day. And this year will mark my 15th at WRTV. So I, I'm not quite to the old timers club yet, but they keep kind of eyeballing me from the side, uh, checking off those, those numbers as I approach. 25, I suppose. I remember my first year as a pit reporter in 1996. Mike King was in the pits with me and Vince Welch. That's a trio. There you go. And so we're walking out of Gasoline Alley, and Mike is just in front of me, and he stops and he goes, "Well, he says, welcome to the big time." And I look up at this mass of humanity, and it was, it was just. I mean, this is one of those places to me that is as impressive, empty as it is full, but when it's full on race day, there's nothing like it. There is something, and I tell people my my favorite experience is two things on race day. We wrap up our pre-race show at about 11 a.m., and I'm usually on the grid, and you are able to stand there amongst it as that crowd is starting to gather. So that's kind of that first moment. And then the second one then is back home again and get a chance to be down there in it with Jim, now Jim, and, and the singing of that, and to see that moment when everybody at least for about 90 seconds among the 300,000-ish of us that are here is a Hoosier at that point. And to really get a chance to be down there in it and feel like you're a part of it as something, as a native Hoosier myself, is something that's very special. Well, again, uh, Dave was there a long time, and uh, the, the sports department has not skipped a beat uh, since you took over. And uh, obviously, you're a good friend. have always been good to us and in our programs that I've been associated with at the high school level. And uh, continued success. And please come back and visit with us during the month of May. Thanks so much. You guys have a great run here. We look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thanks, Brad. WRTV Six ABC affiliate Indianapolis. That's Brad Brown. He'll have great coverage all throughout the month of May. And uh, uh, drivers continue to run in tandem, Davy. Some though, what could one hope to accomplish by going solo? Well, you know that that going solo may see some of these drivers that just don't have. They want to know what that car is going to do by itself first before they get out there in that lap or in that traffic. Because once you get it by yourself, if your balance isn't good and and the car is just not comfortable drive, you don't want to be in dirty air. So the ones going out there by themselves are just purely feeling that out. And and Mark, I'm I'm going to make maybe a out. A long prediction on our 33rd car. I'm looking. I'm looking right now at Ryan Hunter Ray, 
in Caleb Eilat's pit, which is June Coast Racing, who only has one entry, but have plenty of race cars in their shop over there. And seeing Ryan Hunter Ray, what what a, what a perfect uh, you know opportunity to have a 33rd car in this race with with you know a former winner in it. Yeah, I was gonna say, does he know his way around here at all? <laughs> right? I mean, you so, know, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, he's down there. Uh, he's there. We'll just see what's happening. But man, that'd be ideal to see him be able to. You know, past winner, be able to get in a car and, and maybe help that team out too as a veteran. Really get the, you know, knowing what you need around here, knowing what it takes around here. It could be good for both him and the team. You know, he, who he might want to have a conversation with talking off the ledge a little bit is his former teammate Alexander Rossi because the last couple of years Ryan Hunter Ray was in the NTT IndyCar Series. It had nothing to do with his ability, his result. He just had rotten luck. Yeah, that's and right. And that's kind of what's bitten Alexander Rossi for a while now. So, right. I mean, I think they were in the same situation. Unfortunately, uh, the situation where Ryan's contract wasn't, uh, you know, it, it was up. Right. They just didn't renew it. And, and Rossi, I mean, he has to be looking at that as well, knowing that, you know, the, whether it's just bad luck or whether it's just something's not clicking right, no matter what it is, just the results haven't been there. And, man, Rossi, we know – we hey, same with Ryan Hunter-Ray. I know he can still drive a race car because he wants to and he has the talent to do it. Put him in the right situation, it's going to be good. But the – Rossi needs results, or he could be in that same situation in the air with, uh, you know, on the outside looking in. Scott Dixon finally out turning laps, and according to the historian of the Indianapolis, oh, I should say the retired historian of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, the legendary Hall of Famer Donald Davidson, I believe Donald told me that if Scott Dixon should lead 50 laps at this year's Indianapolis 500, believe it or not, he will become the all-time laps leader in the Indy 500. Wow, that's amazing, because you're going against... AJ Foyt's been a 35. Yeah, one win. Yeah, one one win. Yeah, but, you but, know, yeah, that's pretty more amazing. than a lot of guys have. Yeah, you yeah, know. that's outstanding that that he's able to do that. And yeah, it, it does surprise me that he, that many laps led that he only has the one win. Right? It's uh, it's something for sure. And I, I mean, every everything about his month. Uh, last year told you that he was the odds-on favorite. And, 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 and I, I mean, I said, you know, because that was when all the talk started about the young guns, about Herda and VK and Pato Award and on and on and on. And the interviews I did said, hey, don't sleep on Scott Dixon. Don't sleep on Scott Dixon. Well, I, I had one of the old guard, but I just had the wrong one. That's right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and he... I thought that that was his year. Last year, I mean, he couldn't do anything wrong till it came race time and just unfolded for him just the wrong direction and uh, wasn't able to pull off that win. But you're right. I mean, I expect to see that again. Scott knows how to get around. Well, obviously, if he leads 50 laps, that's pretty remarkable. He has 200 laps of opportunity to get 50 laps in to be the all-time leader. But that is A.J. I'm going to assume that A.J. is the all-time leader at this point. I'm not 100% We'll sure. look that up. But uh, uh, that's that's just really impressive. Uh, and, uh, you know, in terms of Elio Castro Nevis, gosh, not out of the question with his his track record here is about as good as anybody in terms of the totality of his career, Davey. And, uh, you know, I, I go back to the conversation that, uh, that uh, you know, we had with Mike Shank about last year's 500. And he said, you know, they didn't complete all of carb day in terms of using the whole amount of time. I think they came in like five or ten minutes early. Yeah. And so they got the car back to the garage area. And so when he got out for the debrief, they said, um, okay, uh, what? What 
what do we need to do? What changes do we need to make? He said, don't touch it. Don't go near it. Leave it alone. Yeah. He knew, Leave he knew. it just the way it is. Yeah. And, and we got a shot. And he said he said he knew it on Friday, that yeah. he had a shot on Sunday. And that's the confidence that you that is good to have for this event. Um, I mean, you don't have that very often knowing that your car is so good no matter what you do. It's just fast, and it's just able to win. And Elio right now sits P2 behind Daly. I mean, he's already went out there with that 225.156. So he he is uh, he's a favorite. I mean, he's, he won last year's race, so you know that he's obviously a favorite. And um, so, hey, I, I, you never vote again. Hey, and how about his teammate? He has a teammate this year, too, that he's had teammate before, and, and a former winner in Simon Pagano. Simon has a, no, a whole new lease on life being over that team, too. He's excited about being there. We know how fast that Shank team is. And with Elio and, and Simon together, I mean, they're both contenders for sure. Uh, Santino Ferrucci is currently fourth quick. And uh, Davey, what a run in a fill-in role that he gave that car at Texas Motor Speedway uh, a, a few weeks ago. What a great job actually filling in for Jack Harvey uh, with that Ray Hall camp at Texas. Uh, no laps and just getting thrown into a race at a very difficult racetrack where the second groove seemed to be ex- extremely slick. Nobody really wanted to go up there, but he found a way to not only hop in that car, figure that uh, that second line out, figure out how to be fast around there, and 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 come home with a great result. Now change change pages. He's with Dry and Reinbolt Racing here for uh, for the 500 this year. Really good start. I mean, already off in that th- fourth position, as you said, Mark, at a 223.311. Uh, he's only completed uh, 10 laps at this point, so good run for And Dry Reinbolt, we know as a team, they usually just come here with one car in Indy, Sage Karam. Well, Sage is still here in, the, in one car, but they added a second car. I think it's going to help them as a team because they've, they've been off pace just a little bit the last few years and having a hard time getting in this race. I hope that's not the case this year. Dennis is such a class guy. I wish that they were in the series full-time. I mean, I think that that team, Dennis as an owner, really fit this series really well and love to see something happen where they could be full-time again. Well, speaking of Santino Ferrucci, Michael Young is with us here today, a little bit earlier on to, uh, today when we had some downtime. Michael Young caught up with Santino Ferrucci. Making our way down pit lane with Santino Ferrucci driving that number 23 dryer and Reinbold entry. You were bad fast in that morning practice session. It, just like Texas, you just hop in and go. I mean, <laughs> it's honestly great having to race Texas because I don't have any rust on myself from, from last year. Like, I just, like you said, jump in and go. And, you know, the guys over at Dryer, they did a great job. The cars are in great condition, great shape. Uh, our car is brand new. So far, no hiccups. Fingers crossed. We keep it that way. We just keep getting laps and just keep on keeping on, man. So I didn't realize it when we spoke in Texas after the race because you had a hat on. You've got some hair going on here. Uh, yeah, it's very long. It's the winter cut, dude. It's cold. It's cold in Dallas. It's cold here in Indy. It'll be cut in May, but it'll still be long. It, it, it's 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 flowing. I mean, it, it is something to behold. The thought being now, when I saw you in the car, there's part of your head sticking out. I said, that's probably the hair. Honestly, we're not too far from uh, maybe taping a mohawk on the helmet just for laughs. But uh, I think I think it was Townsend that put it right. It's a Joe Exotic cut, man. <laughs> it certainly is. Tell me about your so the ride height in the car. For folks that don't know, with the aero screen, everybody's kind of tucked in there. You actually have a part of your, I don't know if you're aware of this, part of your helmet sticks out of the top of the aero screen. I think it's because of the roof scoop. Uh, a lot of people aren't running any more of the, um, the top mount uh, roof induct or uh, top helmet induction system. A lot of the drivers are running it on the chin. Um, I just... 
I honestly just don't want the debris blowing from outside the track into my directly into my face. So I have not switched to it yet. But uh, yeah, no. Other than that, that's probably why you see the top of the helmet or at least the, the top of the hose dangling in the wind a little bit. So does that affect your head when you're driving? It's, it's been windy here today. Does it make your head move around? I haven't noticed. I actually got a text from our ride guy. He's like, dude, we need to switch you to the chin mount. And I was like, why? He's like, because that hose is dangling around. I was like, oh, I didn't notice. Because <laughs> you're just going fast out here. I mean, I'm, you're just kind of numb to like the little driver things. Uh, I'm not a super hypersensitive driver. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of us that are. A lot of drivers that, you know, need to have just the right little padding or the right little notch in the back of the seat. I mean, hell, I, in Texas, I jumped in Devlin D. Francesco's seat and ran a couple laps just to get some laps. So, <laughs> suffice it to say, you don't have any uh, taboos or anything that you need to do, rituals you do before you get in the car. No, I'm not nitpicky. The only thing I care about is the steering wheel grip, and that's about it. So so how is this car? Dryan Reidbold been in this game a long time. I've been at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway a long time. You're teamed up with Sage Karam. You guys finished so well in the top 10 last year. Your thoughts on this team and in the early stages of this test? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is probably one of the nicest looking race cars I've seen in Indy. Uh, as far as body fit, body lines, prep, it's just clean, man. I mean, they, you can clearly tell that they took a lot of time to build this. Like, this was not some slap together let's go run indie effort and see what happens this is uh we are here to win kind of effort for sure i know you have a long walk back down your pit box so we'll let you go and you've got i mean at some point the hat's got to come off and you got to let that hair go it is quite the look we wish you all the best in the rest of this test session you've been impressive thus far and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch you this month of may hey thank you hey when it's not 50 degrees i'll let it flow man it's just freezing it's cold today it's cold santina ferrucci as we walk down pit lane here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, welcome back to the world's greatest race course, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, through the caution for a track inspection. And Davey will kind of put a, a, a bow on at least the, the laps led and where Scott Dixon uh, stacks up. I was a little off, but not much. Uh, Al Unser, four-time winner, 644 total laps led. Ralph De Palma is second with 612 laps led. Scott Dixon is third with 570. So that tells you the work that he has to do, uh, which it's not out of the question that he can get that done. Mario is fourth at 556. A.J. Foyt is fifth with 555. And then Wilbur Shaw, M.O., Pardelli, Vuki, and uh, Bobby Unser, uh, the top ten. What I find interesting is that of the top four, uh, it laps led three of them one at once. Yeah, interesting. And, and, the Palma, Dixon, and Mario and, one and at I, once. And I didn't hear some names like Rick Mears, four-time winner. He's twelfth. Bobby Unser, three-time winner. Elio Castanevis, four-time winner. You know, a lot of names Bo- are four-time winners that aren't on that list. It's pretty surprising. Bobby Unser is tenth. Michael is eleventh. Uh, and ready. Uh, Rick Mears is twelfth. TK is fourteenth. Uh, Louis Myers, 16th. Dario, 17th. Elio, a four-time winner, is 18th. Yeah. 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 That's, JR know. won it three times. He's uh, 21st, 296 laps led. Man, that but, goes to show you just need to lead the right yeah, one. That's, that's how many. That's, that's, <laughs> that is for sure. Hey, the American Legion is proud to be an official charity of IndyCar. Text OTTERVETS to 41444 for your chance to celebrate in the winner's circle and meet 
the winning driver. And, of course, earlier today, Davey, uh, really solid announcement. American Legion going to be in the car of Tony Canaan for this year's 500. And um, that car unveiled here in the Pagoda Plaza. And uh, I, 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 kinda, I retweeted the picture and said, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if on race day that that car was on the other side of the pagoda up on that platform. Yeah, oh, it could absolutely get it done uh, for sure. And and I think one thing, once you uh, become a Indy 500 only driver or part-time driver in the series, you do have a new energy. Is it just something different? that You really know that this is your opportunity and you have to put full effort in. It's a little more difficult to race this, uh, racing against the guys that do it week in, week out. Um, they, they're definitely odds-on favorite to, to win this race, but it can happen. And a guy I like Tony Kanaan, obviously a former winner. It took him a long time to get that one win in, but he got it done. Knows how to do it. Um, what a team he's with. You know, he's with, with that Ganassi team. So that says it all right there. No matter, you know, if you're with a team like that, you do have the opportunity to win. Now there's more to the story that, uh, you know, the, the defending series champion, uh, Alex Pillow, wanted to keep the number 10. So that meant the number one was available. That's going to be on TK's car. And it's going to be covered with the words, be the one which will serve as a tagline for the nationwide awareness campaign. The American Legion will launch Memorial Day weekend to create awareness to help end veteran suicide. It's a cause that obviously everyone can get behind, Davey. Absolutely. What a great cause. And that's pretty cool to be able to have that number available, right, for Tony yep. to be able to do that with that sponsor. It seems very fitting. It just seems meant to be. And uh, speaking of the American Legion, if you're here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Speedway Post 500 right across Georgetown Road, uh, our good friend Dave the King Wilson heads up the efforts there at the American Legion. They will do stuff all throughout the month of May, and sir, including serving a great breakfast on race day morning. One of the guys that hopes to be climbing into the cockpit of a race car race day morning is a former winner, Ryan Hunter Ray. Michael Young, a little insight on that, maybe? Yeah, our 2014 champion joins us here on Pit Lane. They asked the question, so I'll ask you first off chance of seeing you in a race car on race day obviously we want to see you racing at the indianapolis motor speedway yeah at, at this point um i'm not sure that's happening uh you know we've had several uh several offers and and you know it just has to be the right timing the right situation and i i honestly have too much respect for this place to do anything but that and um i've been here on both ends of it you know i've been been here being bumped out bumping in um being on the front row and winning so uh i'd much rather prefer that side of it and and with the engine shortages this year and things kind of leaning towards the engine change in 2023 it created um a lot of limitations and um that changed obviously uh recently but it's kind of it's it's kind of set in play at the, at the moment, and uh, I'm just here uh, working with Yunkos and Callum. I helped him at the Texas test, to, you know, try, just trying to make the transition a little easier for Callum. And he's he's a super talented driver, so he'll get it. But uh, it really helps around a place like this to, to to know the little intricacies of it. He's been very impressive thus far. Before we talk about him and and what you are doing with him and helping him in this month of May. The temptations. You said there were offers there. Do you sometimes have to check yourself and say, look, I have to make sure this is the right opportunity for me not doing something just out of the sheer love for this place and getting back into a car? Oh, you hit it on the head. That's it. It was really tough because there's the opportunity. You're going to be in a car at Indy, but at the same time, I have to think, okay, listen, I've got plenty of Indy 500 wins left in me. Um, I can obviously run at the front of this place, and I think my average finishing position is like P5 or something like that. So I just I need to be, you know, very selective in those in those opportunities, and um, you know, it, it's it's something that uh, yeah, it was it was a different situation. Let's say that, but it's great being here working with Yunkos. This team has a huge 
huge, huge future ahead of it and how they operate. Um, early days still. So it, it's cool to be on that side of it and, and to kind of give some of my um, suggestions and, and share some of my experiences over the years here at Indy. It's been so interesting, especially with this team and when they obviously bumped Fernando Alonso out with Kyle Kaiser. What a great, one of those just dramatic moments at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, something that no one would ever have predicted. But this young man has done nothing but impress this far. Callum has done a fantastic job. What do you see in him as a driver? Is there any correlation when you were a young driver or getting your start in IndyCar? Do you see any correlation? I, I mean, I just know he's he's a natural talent for sure. You know, he's been with some great racing programs over the years, um, you know, in Europe as well. And he's coming here doing a completely different – this is out of his wheelhouse, right, um, with, with Texas and now Indy. He's obviously a very good road course driver and uh, road course racer. And um, him and the team are, are growing together in that aspect. But when it comes to Indy, things that, um, you know, that, that you would you would otherwise kind of – pass up or not not focus on that you should and that's what it, that's why indy's what it is um like you mentioned you know bumping into the field uh bumping fernando out you'd never think that you know um david beating goliath but that's why indy is what it is so um it it's cool cool to see that and 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 just like i said just need to be a part of a a, a team that's that's rapidly growing how did this relationship start with you and the Suncoast racing team um, you know, just over the years, I've, I've, I've known Ricardo and and in passing, not so much personally. And then we started uh, talking last year about because, you know, Callum was they were doing a limited schedule last year and we just casually got talking. And, um, you know, the situation came up where they were going to the Texas test and gave me a call. And we've been talking over the off season about that. And 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 here we are. I thought it was a good opportunity to come up and uh, and, and and help them out. I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to be here tomorrow. I've got a commitment down in in Florida, but um, yeah, we'll see we'll see where it goes. I've got some other uh, opportunities in the horizon that I'm working on and um, that I'm quite excited about. So so we'll see. Can you share any of those with us in these early stages or not? I could share them with you, but then I had to kill you. <laughs> I'd rather stay alive. Let's talk about this place. Obviously, winning here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, I think we all have our own traditions, our feelings when you come underneath that tunnel or walk through those gates. Coming back here, the emotions, what's it like? for you to come to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway emotion-wise? Oh, it's always special. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of winter, middle of summer. Um, at the moment, it's a little awkward because, you know, I, I feel like uh, I, I don't know where due north is because I don't know where my car is. But, uh, no, it's uh, it's it's always great coming here. I absolutely love this place. my favorite place on earth, uh, aside from being in my house, my home with my family. This is it. So, um, love Indy, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having an opportunity of winning this race again. Speaking of your family, the boys are running in carts right now. Any opportunity of seeing another Hunter Ray name back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway besides Dad or maybe Dad running with the kids? Yeah, we'll see. It, it was really expensive when I was a kid racing, and it was just my dad and I in a trailer. So it, it's much different now. You know, it's like now the kids have to be a part of a karting team and a transporter, and uh, there's six, seven, eight kids on one team. It's It's... It's a bit mind-boggling, honestly, and um, yeah, I have to, I have to figure it out because I have three boys. If I give one the chance, I got to give them all the chance, and 
I'd much rather be golfers, although that's not the cheapest solution either. Yeah, you got money no matter how you enter this whole whole equation. You got money coming out of the pocket. Yeah, yeah. You got to find sponsors quickly. <laughs> Always great to see you. I, I will say it's just odd. It was odd the first time I saw Elio not in black. It's odd not to see you in yellow. I just expect you in yellow for whatever reason, but always great to see you and, and looking forward to your future and what you have in store and your racing future at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks. Let you get back to it. Ryan hunter Ray, guys down here on pit lane helping Kyla Mylon. Uh, in all the years that he ran in the NTT IndyCar Series, uh, Davey, uh, 15 in fact, I don't remember any drivers really having any issue at all with, with Ryan hunter Ray. I mean, he is as well-respected as we've ever had in the paddock. Uh, such a clean race driver. I mean, you never seen anything on track. He always he always raced you like a gentleman. I mean, uh, if he was if he was playing offense, had a good car, he w- he would go forward. If he had a car that wasn't there, he wouldn't hold you up or uh, make it difficult on you. I mean, he was just very well respected on and off the racetrack, and obviously knew when to go fast. Knew when when what he he got the most out of that car. All it had, I assure you. And so, uh, like I say, just luck didn't go his way the last couple of years, Mark, and that's just unfortunate because. He, you can see he's still hungry. He's still hungry to right. do this. It's just he wants the right opportunity, and I'm I'm anxious to hear him say. Um, well, I'm excited to hear him say that he he has opportunities. Yeah. I'm anxious to see what that those opportunities may be. Right. It, it's interesting to note that uh, you know he ran he made 43 starts in uh, cart and the Champ Car World Series from 2003 to 2005. And then things kind of stalled out for him a little bit. Uh, you know, 2007 was a year where, quite frankly, he was searching and searching and searching. I mean, you and I have talked about it before the time at uh, Mid-Ohio when Jeff Simmons was literally unpacking his RV and told, hey, look, we're making a change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then Ryan hunter Ray, uh, you know, ran for Foyt for a while and whatnot. And, and it really wasn't until 2009 that he ran the full IndyCar Series schedule at the age of 28 years old. Yeah. Which is relatively low. And then to go on to win not only a 500, but be in contention to win other 500s and win a championship as well. Uh, but I, I think, you know, maybe maybe he bloomed a little late, but yeah. he did bloom for sure. Yeah, and didn't come easy. Like you said, you know, I, he, he got bumped out of this race, as he said before. He's been bumped into this race. Um, he's been a fill-in driver, which gave him some opportunity. Just no different than Will Power, you know, filling in for Elio at one point. So you never know what opportunity... Uh, is given to you, but he's taken the, the, the every adv- every uh, opportunity to take advantage of his, his situation. So, got to, oh, got somebody. Yeah, it's like a blow. Oh no, it's definitely a crash. Can't tell who that is, Mark. Got the right front corner um, and turn two there. Looks like just doesn't look like a heavy uh. impact. It's either Elio or Simon Pagino, one of the two, and uh, I don't really have a close-up on it. It looks like it's Elio Castroneves. Yep, sure is. There, yeah. There's a good car, the 06 car. Yeah, the 06 car of Elio Castroneves and Davey. There's plenty of damage on the right front corner of that race yeah, car. Yeah, plenty of damage. Looks like he's okay. Uh, he hasn't got out of the car yet, but we're really told not to until the safety crew gets there. Um, hopefully everything is, yeah, I see his hands moving in the cockpit there. Safety crew just now arriving. Oh, man, looks like uh, looks like he may have lost it, Mark. Looks like actually a pretty good hit, the angle that he took, because he either he either spun on the warm-up lane, came across the track into the into the outside barrier, or he lost it really early in that short shoot uh, and crossed through the, through the warm-up lane. Can't really tell, but uh, we know that Alexander Rossi earlier today spun on the warm-up lane uh, and, and and didn't hit anything. He's okay, but this could have been the same situation. He handed the wheel immediately. 
immediately to the uh, Indy, AMR IndyCar safety team and gave them the thumbs up when they rolled to a stop behind him. So for all intents and purposes, we can assume that uh, that Elio Castro Neves is, uh, is, is okay uh, based upon the indication that he gave to the safety crew as the yeah, he's getting out of the car. To get yep. yep, getting out of the race car under his own power. So that's the best news for sure as all of the cars uh, return to uh, the pit lane. And Davey, um, he, he had some speed at 225.156. He was second quick. Yeah, he, uh, he's out of the car, squatted down. I don't know if he's looking at the car or if he just needs a needs a second to hold his breath or what, what he's doing. But, maybe uh, both. Maybe both. Yeah, absolutely. And here's a little replay of it. Oh, yeah, he looks like he was coming off a of pit lane. Oh, just just crosses over, hits that outside barrier. Fortunately, pit lane, you don't have all that speed. But, David, but, didn't that, that car almost look like it, it accelerated a little bit as it went across well, that crash? sometimes, I swear, when you hit grass, it feels like you accelerate. Gosh. That's for darn sure. And, and it looks like that may have been... Uh, Erickson, yeah, that may have just missed him. Uh, I mean, we, we some that's always a scary situation. Remember uh, Zanardi, um, you know, what happened when he spun across, out of the pit lane and had a car on track, uh, make contact with him. So Elio's very lucky that uh, that the on track car didn't hit him. But that is uh, a very strange place and a very strange. I, I I can't remember the last time I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a long time. I can't remember either when you spin off a of pit lane. Obviously, pit lane's very you know the temperatures are down a little bit uh obviously cold tires but man just shot just, just turned around the good news is he wasn't going 220 mile an hour right. so even though it was a not a great angle of contact to that outside uh barrier um fortunately he did hit the safer barrier as well so it's a little bit uh a little bit more of a cushion blow but man just that's just unfortunate hey better happen today than a month of may that's right i mean yes uh, but, but do by the way want to let you folks know well here's what we're, we're, real quick Remember in the race last year, Graham Rahal's tire came off. That's right. Did the same basic yep. thing, showing a replay of it right now. He spun across, actually did the same thing. His situation was a tire, left her tire, came off after a pit stop, barely avoiding cars coming there as well. Looks like the same reaction. They're both on their knees, banging the racetrack. Yeah, that's so. right. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to tell you that uh, you have an opportunity to listen to us on several different platforms all throughout the course of each and every weekend. Uh, the IndyCar app, powered by NTT Data. Racecontrol.indycar.com, along with timing and scoring. IndyCarRadio.com, the Mixler app, TuneIn Premium, and, of course, our good friend SiriusXM160. And plus, all races are on an IndyCar station near you. So uh, there are plenty of ways both at the racetrack, all, well, at the racetrack, at home, and we might want to throw in on the road when you're traveling um, several ways to catch us throughout the course of a weekend. Yeah, always one, a lot of avenues to listen to what this series has going on and updates and such. Such, I think it's really cool to have this test as one of those, just kind of showing that we wouldn't be yeah. up there, show uh, show everything that's going on with the IndyCar series. And you just look at Elio, just the frustration that he has, like, what just happened? Can I, I can't even believe what just happened here. Um, you know, spinning out pit lane just doesn't happen. And you can see just he's he's very dejected and just, I think, in shock a little bit of what really happened. Well, and, and to his credit, uh, and, and, you know, not to take anything away from drivers that have had issues from time to time. What's so strange about this for people like us that cover the sport on a regular basis 
it's like a, a you know it's like a situation involving say Scott Dixon. This is something we're not used to seeing. Yeah, yeah that's we right. We don't see this very often. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and this is this is our past champion. Yeah. You got yeah, a four-time winner here. Multi-winner and four-time winner just you just don't uh, just don't see it and I I mean I think he's more shocked than anybody. You can just see the way he's holding his face and holding his hand. That's just very very uh, well, that that what we're seeing right now is an indication of the fact that this place does not play favorites. It does not. That's right. I mean, it's an equal opportunity I, a rewarder and an equal opportunity offender, as they say. One thing that I always knew is when you when you pulled out of that pit and to go on this racetrack, uh, I always had respect for it because you just never know. You just never know. This place is sad, difficult. When things are good, it's great. You love racing here. It's such a fun racetrack. But it's also very, very difficult. It's not just as easy as it looks watching these cars go around here. You have to be, you have to be on the wheel and pay attention a hundred percent of the time. And that may be a situation where they just got a little bit too on cold tires. I, without him telling us, it's hard to say. But probably it's cold, too, tires a little bit too cold and just lost it on pit lane. Twenty six cars have been out. This is the second caution period. The previous was. Uh, uh, for a track inspection, we've had a little over 24 minutes of green time and a total of 285 laps turned by those 26 cars. Uh, Connor Daly has turned 19. Colton Herta has turned 26. Roman Grosjean has turned 25 laps. Rossi has turned 18. Graham Rahal has turned 18. Jimmy Johnson has turned 18. Now, Tony Kanad, Carl Kirk. Kyle Kirkwood and Devlin DeFrancesco, uh, they've all had their cars towed out to pit road, but we've not seen them clear a timing loop as of yet. The car of Elio uh, Castro Devis is on the hook. He's looking up underneath it. And uh, Davey, he's spending so much time on that right front, and now he's looking up underneath the race car. I got a sneaking suspicion. Elio thinks there might have been a failure of some kind that led to that issue. Well, you know, there's a couple things that he may be either – Something happened, and he wants to see what that was, if the car bottomed out, if he felt something, you know, just something went awry. So he's trying to find that, number one. Or, number two, just trying to evaluate the damage to the car, just to see how bad it is, to see if there's an opportunity to how long it'd take to get fixed and if he could run tomorrow. But I think, too, when guys, sometimes uh, it's been my experience over the years, when guys just a flat made a mistake, they climb in that safety car pretty quick. Yeah. And, and then they assess those sorts of things once they get past the get back to the garage roger yeah exactly right and and elio one good thing Elio, i'm sure he'll talk to us and sometimes after those situations you really you really don't want to talk to too many people but uh but uh, he, he will he's that he's that guy he'll tell us what went on well stay with us uh good coverage of this test session continues don't forget by the way 10 to 4 eastern tomorrow with yours truly and uh and Davey Hamilton and Michael Young, and uh, we'll have more from the world's greatest race course when we come back. Single car incident brings out the caution at disrupting this uh, afternoon portion of day one of testing in preparation for the Indianapolis 500 coming your way next month. Of course, some work to do at Barber Motorsports Park before we ever get there. That's coming up very, very soon. As George Barber and Gene Holman with Zoom Motorsports and all of those folks roll out the welcome, Matt. Happy to have uh, the Road to Indy back with us. Uh, Nick Yeoman and um, everyone will be on hand to, to cover the Indy Lights as their championship chase resumes. And then uh, on the road course here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on May the 14th. And then uh, we'll get set to go qualifying. We'll have all the action of Carb Day. 
And uh, then uh, May the 29th, the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. And um, we put the finishing touches uh, on a special guest, Davey, that we're going to have with us over the course of race weekend for the Indy 500. Not going to reveal that just yet, but... um, I, I I can tell you that it, uh, if 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 you are uh, I, I guess a a, a Midwestern uh, fan of of Major League Baseball, um, you you will uh, you will recognize who our our guest will be um, uh, almost immediately. He's a, a legendary uh, Hall of Famer and. Um, Never had the opportunity to be here before, and uh, we're happy that uh, we were able to make it happen. And uh, we'll uh, we'll reveal that as we get a little closer to the month of May. And it's always the best. Something that hasn't been doesn't. Oh know what to my goodness! I, I love I love I love um, people that haven't been here. And matter of fact, I have some guests coming for the 500 this year. Uh, owns owns sprint cars. Uh, they they've raced for a long time, but haven't experienced this race. So uh, it's always so exciting to see their face the first time a car goes by 225 miles an hour. And and just the this you know the just the pure excitement that they have when they see that and then this race is always so spectacular uh, so I love it when it's first timer so it's going to be exciting. Well, he, he, he told me he said that listen he said I've got a I've got a golf trip planned uh, to Ireland uh, in the middle of the summer and then in the fall I'm going back to Europe and he said. Uh, when I told people the three major things that I'm doing this year, he said, they all have told me, listen, uh, no disrespect to Ireland and golf and, and, and no disrespect to two weeks in Europe, but uh, there's one of those that you're going to enjoy. I have a lot more than the other. You're never going to forget. It. Yeah, they're just never going to forget it. It's such, such a great spectacle. One thing I learned, Mark, coming from Idaho as well, we didn't have any uh, professional um, sports teams in our state. So when I went to my first NFL game, you just, and I, you know, obviously I went to the Boise State University games, went to the college games, but when I, went, I seen the first professional game, it really changes your perspective on these athletes. When, anytime you put professional in front of it, whether it's a motorcycle race, a basketball game, a baseball, a uh, motor race, whatever it is, it just, it's to the next level, right? And yep. that's, it, and that's just what, uh, what he'll find out here when you, when you see exactly what this is. It just, it just takes, you just don't think cars can go that fast, especially going into a corner. Uh, we had Brad Brown with us earlier from uh, WRTV6 here in Indianapolis, and uh, I asked Brad his first Indy 500. Was it as a member of the media or uh, as 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 just a fan? And and I'll ask you, your first Indy 500, what year was it, and was it when you qualified for your first, or w- was it as a fan? No, it was it was as uh, well. My dad came in 1981. His first time to make, to attempt this race, so I came back with him in 1981, and uh, remember that's where I met the uh, the Bittenhausen boys and Billy Vukovic. We all kind of yeah. hung out and and uh, you know as our dads raced, and and uh, so that was my first time, and then came back again with Vukovic actually in 1988. Uh, when Billy drove for Stan or uh, for uh, Galen Fox, and uh, and then haven't uh, haven't missed one since. And Mark have been to everyone since. Boy, that kid was the real deal. When uh, I love him, you know, still love him. Matter of fact, if you look at any of my home says it today, it's in memory of Vuki on the back of it. We were the best of friends, and 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 without him, I, I really and his family, I don't know if I really had the opportunity to come and race this race. So you know, I owe them so much. Just uh, for one, we raced together, so he brought the best out of me. He's what I, I feel like. He's one of the guys that made me the racing driver I became because I, you, to beat him you had to have your game on and you really had to step it up and uh, he was the real Dale just unfortunately, unfortunately we lost him in a sprint car out in 
California, but uh, um, Bill Joyce Vukovic still alive. His, his parents actually just moved back to Fresno, California from Indianapolis, and uh, I always love them and, and the opportunities uh, to just be able to hang around them and see how uh, how IndyCar really happened. And by the way, I have one of, in my house, I think one of the best pitchers ever is Billy's grandfather when he won this race yeah. in 1953. Yep. And it has a picture of him after the race sitting in one of the old garages on a bench. That's right. With a short sleeve T-shirt. You can see where his goggles were on. No shoes on and just how filthy dirty he was. White pants. And it wasn't no, it wasn't a bunch of interviews and going and doing all the after festivities that we see today when you win this. This guy was wore out on a Well, it's one of the hottest races ever. Yeah. And, and there were guys that fell out. I mean, they had relief drivers left. There were guys who literally fell out of the seat, seat. because they eat that year. Yeah. yeah. So, so seeing that, I have that in, I have that in my house. I just I always share that picture as well. Well, you talk about ifs and buts. I mean, uh, it, 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 Bill Vukovic, uh, I, I mean, would have probably set records that may have yeah. never been touched. Yeah. Well, and you look at you look at what he was able to do being a two-time winner. The first year here, uh, he led majority of the race and had, I think, if I recall, it was a steering break right at the end leading it. And by the way, th- so that could have been a win. Then he wins the next two, and then the, unfortunately the race he got killed, and he was leading that one as well. So not only was there an opportunity for him to win, uh, four races. It was four in a row. So uh, pretty impressive if uh, if he didn't lose his life at the Speedway. Connor Daly continues P1 as uh, the car from Elio Castronemis has made its way back to Gasoline Alley. And uh, whenever we're here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and most other racetracks, Davey, we'll refer to that as the paddock, but here it's Gasoline Alley. It's Gasoline Alley. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we, it, it is Gasoline Alley, but it is, um, uh, it is our paddocks, our garage areas, which... Um, you know, I love the history of our old garages. When I first came, it was the wooden garages back there going a completely different direction. But I always appreciate these new ones that they have. And we can just sit uh, watching Elio's car. You're right, Mark. It took a beating. That was a pretty big hit. It looks like when it hit that right front against the wall, it just slapped that right rear against the wall. So pretty massive damage. And uh, as that team right now has it unloaded in front of their garage, just kind of evaluating what they need to do. But uh, the broken parts are already coming off the car. Hey, don't know if they're uh, joining us or not, but... Uh, since you and I are together here, uh, and I know that the, the retirement came uh, on March the 31st uh, from Ortho Indy, uh, a, a well-respected orthopedic hospital here in the Indianapolis area. Uh, Dr. Kevin Shine, uh, who both you and I have a history. You have a longer history with him than I do. And, uh, and his lead nurse, uh, Denise Titus, have both retired, and deservedly so. And uh, they certainly enhanced the quality of your life with what they did for you and did a lot for me with my knee surgery. We wish them a long and happy retirement. Those are two people uh, who chose the right profession because uh, boy, they, they are angels for sure. They were angels for sure. And and one great thing with Denise, she's still with the IndyCar Series. Awesome. So we get to see her in every race and thank, thank God she, she loves this sport as well. Takes care of every driver in the paddock, doesn't matter who you are. Always make sure that the, that the drivers and their families are completely taken care of. And, and can't say enough about her and Dr. Shy or what they were able to do for me through my accident in 2001. And um, Man, he was there. I mean, like I say, without him, who knows what the, what the how I would be. I mean, there was a chance of amputation for both my legs, and he was able to save them both with his team and uh, became very good friends with with him and his family and Denise and their and, and their family and just uh, what great people, and I'm so happy that they're able to retire. I did say, now, what if I need any warranty work? Where do I go for warranty work on that? But, but uh, man, it just it, 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 there'll be uh, missed for sure. I mean, it was so great. Their jobs, and but like I say, we're we're happy. We'll we'll 
Kevin will be here in May for sure at the Speedway milling around, and Denise still works for the, for the series, so that's great. I tried to get them to stick around long enough to do this right knee. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, they didn't call us, did they, Mark? No, they did. His they, retirement they, was okay. They retired without <laughs> even checking with us. Santino Ferrucci has gone B1, by the way, 226.182 miles per hour. Daly, Erickson, Castro Nevis, and J.R. Hildebrand is up to fifth quick. And then VK, Dixon, Grosjean, Rossi, and Award. Herta, Palo, Eilat, Pagino, McLaughlin through 15th. 16th is Sato, 17th Rosenquist. 18th is Power, 19th Carpenter, 20th is Jack Harvey. Then DeFrancesco, Ray Hull, Canaan, Joseph Newgarden. Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Kirkwood, Juan Montoya, and Christian Lundgaard. And then uh, David Malukas has already been out turning laps along with uh, Tony Kanaan, uh, Graham Rahal. Let's see. Uh, Rahal, 22nd, Kanaan, 23rd. Then we go Newgarden, 24th, Johnson, Kirkwood, Montoya, and Lundgaard is 28th quick. And uh, 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 Davey, as I, I look at the monitor going down the back straightaway towards turn number three, I mean, if we had... I don't know, 300,000 some odd people sitting in the stands. I mean, you swear there's a race going it's on. There's right a race. And that's, and we see all the Andretti cars lined up right there, right? Yeah. Now, along with Simon Pagano, which is one of the Andretti technology cars as well. So they haven't, they have a plan. They know they're going to go out there and do some race sims right now. Seems a little early because we have all day tomorrow as well to be able to do these things, but it's a stream of cars as you sit down the front straightaway, Mark. And one thing I always like to look at as Dixon is in P1. 227. One thing I like to look at though is, is when you're out out there, it's so easy to get a tow, and what that means, Mark, is you're you're in clean air. A car's in front of you, breaking the air away. If you get the timing just right, you can really take advantage of the speeds by just getting that free air and not having that drag. So one one thing I like the no tow reports. They have they have a uh, one page that you can go to that is the fastest car without tows, without being in a draft. And right now, that's McLaughlin at a 219, Pagano at a 219, Rosenquist third at a 219. And how about this, J.R. Hildebrand one of them A.J. Foyt cars, 219, Herta Johnson at P6 with a no-toe. So those are, those are always pretty. Oh, we got one of the wall. Looks like maybe Colton Herta. Yeah, that is Colton Herta. And, oh, a narrow miss. Uh, a car to the bottom of the racetrack narrowly missed oh. Colton Herta. It looks like Erickson the again. the short shoot. That's the second I one for Erickson. That's right. I think Erickson may have to go get a new suit here pretty soon. I mean, he just has narrowly missed two guys. Ah, oh, that's just, man, lucky. Thank goodness they, they, that he missed him. But it doesn't look like Colton's car has any damage. And then he's not too happy. No, he's a little on the disgusted side. Yeah. He didn't just pop the wheel off. He took it off and he flung it. He, he flung it. He's definitely not happy whatsoever. Uh, doesn't look like really any damage at all that car. We'll see. Oh, a car had spun. Looked like maybe, I don't know who that was. It went through the grass. Colton just moved up to somewhat avoid that car as they were coming out of pit lane. Almost looks like a passional car, but it's not. Golly. Yeah, Erickson. That was Erickson wow. again. Erickson, man. Oh. He better go buy lottery tickets. Yes, he should. And let me see here if it shows. Can't tell who. Uh, came out of pit lane, it looked like, Mark. Got on the grass. Colton was on track up to speed. Just kind of went high to avoid whatever car that was and just lost it. So uh, that really wasn't Colton's doing whatsoever. He was just avoiding maybe a bigger incident. 
Okay, so caution for the third time now. When we had 29 minutes of caution time total, the very first one was for a track inspection. Then we had the incident involving Elio Castro Neves, and uh, they've got about an hour uh, worth of running time left. And as we mentioned, uh, as you heard him earlier, Michael Young is out and about earlier today, did the same uh, during the morning session and caught up with Joseph Newgarden. Special moment for you last night. Uh, a full grown-up now. You had your first child, you and your wife. Congratulations. It, I remember my first. It was just such a magical moment. What were your emotions going as this is happening? Well, we've just been very fortunate. You know, we got a, a healthy healthy mom, healthy baby, so it's all we could all we could really wish for. It's pretty wild that you you have so much love for someone that you've only known for a couple of minutes, and now you're back here at the place you love, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. This season has been amazing for you, Joseph. It looks like a championship season, although we're only three races into it. I, you know, I feel good about it, but I also know how quickly this, this championship can turn, um, for good or bad, right? You know, we've had a good start, like you said, and I feel super encouraged about what we're doing at Team Penske, um, but I want to keep my eye on the ball. You know, it really does change quickly, and we got a long way to go. You know, it's so early in the game, and Indy's going to be very important for us. So, yeah, encouraged, excited, but, you know, uh, cautiously optimistic. An amazing run for you at the Texas Motor Speedway. Talk quickly about these barge boards, this new arrow that we have underneath the cars. Were you guys running it in the early practice session? What are your thoughts on it here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Yeah, we were kind of all over the place in the first session, just testing a lot of technical stuff, uh, aerodynamic efficiency, mechanical efficiency, you know, all the little things that we've been trying to dial in with the engineers over the offseason to make the car fast. And so I think checking that off early has been has been important for us. And then, you know, getting into race trim where you'll have the barge boards and these other aerodynamic aids, um, we'll make sure to have those on at some point just to get a read, you know, compare the car from last year to this year and then, you know, see where we can make it better to make the car more racy. How do you learn? What do you learn when you come out here at one of these test sessions? Obviously, you've been around this track so many times, but is there still always something new that you can learn? Oh, no doubt. It's always always a challenge, right? We always have changes, you know, like these aerodynamic parts that you're talking about, uh, the barge boards. Whenever you introduce something like that to the mix, it it can really change the the dynamics. So it's, it's, yeah, it's never still this place, right? Lap to lap. You're always sort of figuring it out, and it can be very up and down. And so it's kind of a, a roller coaster, this place, you know, emotionally and, and certainly driving the car. So, um, yeah, you, you just got to keep your eye on the ball. It's... <laughs> I, I would caution someone that thinks they figured it out, because when you think you figured it out, that's normally when it bites you. But um, that's what makes this place, you know, tough and special. Well, it's been an amazing season thus far for you. We'll let you get back to the engineers and take a little break. Congratulations on the baby to you and your wife. It's uh, it's going to be a long, fun ride. I know that. And, and uh, good luck with the rest of this test. Thanks so much. There's our points leader, Joseph Newgarden. Well, uh, great conversation. Uh, congratulations to Joseph Newgarden and his bride on the newest arrival to the Newgarden family. And uh, Davey, uh, boy, Joseph Newgarden uh, showed uh, a lot of metal in getting that win at Texas. And then, uh, boy, turned around, backed it up with a, a really solid run at Long Beach. You know, and it didn't look like he was the guy to win either one of those races, did it, Mark? I mean, he, he didn't he – didn't, come off it was till turn four at texas when he came off that final corner to pass his teammate mclaughlin for lead and then we get to long beach seemed like he was kind of the third place guy a lot of time i mean it seemed like that the colton was quicker than he right. had his issues and it seemed like uh our past indycar champion um you know he had had things well in hand and then um 
something happened. I mean, just I think timing got off with him, but uh, Pelot just uh, didn't have what it, uh, all of a sudden he didn't have what, it, what we thought he had to win that race. And there there comes uh, Newgarden for the win. I'm just uh, I'm really surprised, quite frankly, that uh, we we've had multiple winners with as deep and as talented as this field is. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, McLaughlin and and and, and you know and, and and with the start that he got off to and almost won back to back. You know, finished yeah. first then second. Uh, had his share of issues at Long Beach, but you know, as we talked about at the beginning of the season, Joseph Newgarden may not win another race this year, but the start that he got off to, if if he can come up with top fives the rest of the way, he's going to be there. He's going to have the opportunity, uh, yeah. Will right. Power may not win a race, as Tom Sneva did, I believe, in 1977. He may not win a race. He might win a championship with the start that he's gotten off to. Yeah. It's going to be consistency for sure. It's really. You need to be in that top five week in, week out, yeah. and you're going to have that opportunity to win the championship. But you're right. I mean, it's been pretty surprising. Well, if you recall, you know, Simon Pagenaud, he, he's been fast. He was fast a lot of the sessions out at Long Beach, had a good run, but just ends up in the flower garden um, around that fountain and, and didn't get the job done. But there's been plenty other uh, drivers and teams that have uh, been, been fast, just not. Hey, how about Grosjean? You know, uh, you know, he 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 put a strong run on him then to try to beat um, uh, New Garden. So we know he's hungry and has what it takes as well. But I'm surprised as well that you know we could have a different winner every race. Although New Garden's won two of them already, but we could have a different winner every race. Anybody in a better position in terms of being under the magnifying glass right now in terms of first timers here than Roman Grosjean? I mean, let's face it, uh, a very accomplished racer, well known from his days in Formula One. This is his first opportunity to qualify for his first 500, and yet all of the focus is on Jimmy Johnson. All the, <laughs> it, pretty amazing. And I mean, here, here's a, a driver that really has a solid, legitimate chance to win the race. And uh, as the good news is, Elio Castroneves out of medical, uh, talking to TV right now. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, uh, I, I think it's going to be exciting. I think Grosjean has a really solid opportunity to win the race. I think the American fan and the IndyCar fans really accepted him and likes him. Um, he's, with a, he's with a great team that can get the job done obviously and uh but you're right jimmy johnson seems to get most depressed but boy this this kid gets it done and uh, davy for all of the struggles that michael andretti had mario won here one time uh marco narrowly missed winning here beaten by sam hornish jr uh, michael has more than made up for those woes as a team owner here absolutely in absolutely i mean he knows how to win as a team owner did get that i you know I, we, we talked to mario the, the minute with mario and we already had this on there is is uh would you would you give up uh, your win or for Michael to have a race? You win, you know, and he said, absolutely not. I mean, my win's my win. Michael has to earn his own. That's and get right. one, you know, so. <laughs> so. <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you know what that's like a little bit, you know, having yeah. raced against your dad, the son that races. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, eventually the instincts take <laughs> over. Know, just, uh, yeah. I remember those legend cars years ago. Uh, going to watch Bruce Walkup race legend cars, and his son Barry, who worked for Panther Racing for a while, raced against him. And you know, Bruce loved it until Barry started beating him. <laughs> yeah, then it's <laughs> you know, on, right? No, yeah, then, yeah. Then it wasn't so much fun. Then it wasn't <laughs> yeah. so enjoyable. Yeah. No, know, it's, so. it's a pure competition. Doesn't matter if you're related or not. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. You, you and I haven't. Like I say, I we I've been fortunate enough to race against my dad and my son in the same race, which is pretty cool. And uh, you want to beat them both. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to beat them both. Well, you'll appreciate this story. A number of years ago, he was still in high school, and uh, I, I was a lot younger then, but I, I 
I, he was a teenager, and I played my son in one-on-one basketball at my mom's complex in Florida, and I managed to beat him 10-8. And I said, remember this moment, because I said, I will never play you again as long as I <laughs> Yeah, <live."> it's over. <laughs> that's yeah, right. that's right. We're so done. The last time we played, I won. That's right. That's right. And it's still that way about 15 years later. Hey, by the way, we mentioned Minute with Mario. You came up with that idea. You've had some fun with that, haven't you? Yeah, no, it's great. You know, and I always, you know, how I came up with the concept is I'm fortunate to be able to hang around Mario. And, right. And A.J. Foyt and a lot of a lot of the, the current drivers and, and past drivers that have a lot of history. And so um, I just thought he's so interesting. Every time I talk to him, he's so interesting. And I just thought that would be a good a good opportunity to everybody to ask what they think of him. Let's talk more about that after we hear from Elio Castro-Davis. Michael? Well, Elio, you have a smile on your face. Yeah. I know that wasn't something that you wanted to experience. And rarely do we ever talk to you at the Indiana University Health Emergency Medical Center. What in the world happened? That was an odd incident. Yeah, Mike, to be honest, I'm trying to even understand. But, hey, this is Indianapolis. You know, um, there are a lot to learn here. And that's why when uh, you go out there um, uh, and people sometimes, you know, in the rookie orientation and, and all the refreshes all the time that you be in the track, you it's it's always new. This is another one from my uh, learning book, let's put this way. However, yeah, I wasn't even trying, uh, not even pushing. Uh, anyway, I was just coming out of the pits, and the the rear just uh, turned, maybe against the wind or whatever happens. Very unusual uh, for that to uh, to happen. But we saw Will Power just have an incident, and Alexander Rossi at the start of the day. Is there maybe something down there that we haven't experienced before? It could be a combination with the temperature uh, and and the weather. You know, sort of like a wind gust wind. It could be a combination like that. By the way, the Firestone tires was actually only a second run on tires, so it wasn't even a no tires. So all these little details, it, it, it sometimes, like I said, this place is a... They're walking pit lane right now. You were now doing a pretty severe inspection on that car. Yeah. You were going over it oh, tooth man. and nail. This is, I think, your Indianapolis 500 winning car, correct? It's the winning from last year and, and hopefully the winning for this year. So that's why I was like, sorry, buddy. I don't know what happened. So we're going to put a little Band-Aid uh, on it. And uh, and hopefully the good news is we have a month. By by uh, by 60 days is enough time for, uh, or yeah, uh, 60 days. 30 days is enough time to heal and hopefully we're good. Fixable for tomorrow? Do we get back or today yet? Not sure about that. That's actually with my guys. But I honestly, I would not sacrifice um Anything if I need if I can run tomorrow, my one run. I'm happy with the car. I'm happy with the setup. Um, I just not happy because this this definitely hurts in terms of not only parts that we have, but that was a that was a good one. Yeah, we're glad you're okay. No, yes, absolutely. Thank right. you. Elio Castro Neves, guys. Uh, you know, a class act, even in the face of adversity, and it always has been. And we see, uh, you know, race director Kyle Novak is actually down in that area, Davey, walking that troublesome part of the racetrack that we've seen a, a couple of issues now. Uh, let's get uh, the latest on uh, the situation involving Colton Herta from Colton, Michael Young. Well, we had Will Power spin out coming out on pit lane. We've had a lot of incidents coming out on pit lane. You were not very happy, got caught up in it. What's going on? Uh, I'm pretty mad because it, I, I hope we didn't ruin our, our perfectly good race car that we built for the whole month, right? We take so, so much time in building these race cars and then to get caught up in somebody else's incident really makes me mad um especially because it's hard it's hard to get a good car for indy we see the the discrepancy between teams and uh in qualifying and race trim so um luckily i was a lot more mad when i was in the car and then when i got out it didn't seem as bad because 
um, it seemed like we just got a little bit of the rear end and the front wing, which I'm surprised. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I'm happy that I, I didn't touch Will, though, because that could have gotten real messy. You talked, I don't assume you talked to Alexander Rossi. What happened with him in the morning test session that he had a spin in, in the, coming out on pit lane as well? Um, I didn't, but it seems like, like a theme that, that maybe should be, be addressed down pit lane because um, it, it definitely seemed a little bit, it, it almost caught me out, too, at some points during the day. Um, and I was just taking it really easy from that point on, especially after seeing Elio's crash. Um because it's it's just not necessary to take those kind of risks, right? It's not race weekend. We don't have to push pit out and pit in. So, um, you know, keep it to the track. And unfortunately, we just got kind of caught up. But happy to to kind of keep the car. I feel like as clean as I maybe I could have done. And and you know, I feel very glad that like I wasn't I didn't get Will there because that could have been awful. Yeah, I'm glad you're okay. And uh, I know they're checking on that right now. They saw the car go by. It, it doesn't look too bad. So hopefully you'll be able to get back in it before this day's over. Thank God. There you go, Colton Herta, guys. Uh, yeah, and I can tell you, folks, uh, that's not a short haul from uh, pit road back to uh, the medical center here. At the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So a great hustle by Michael Young to track down both of those drivers, Elio Castroneves and Colton Herta. You know, Davey, once upon a time, we did come here in the month of May. And if you remember, in certain scenarios, Mother Nature would bring a gust of wind right over the top of the grandstands in that south short chute. And if it caught a car just right, right about the apex at turn number two, it would grab that rear wing and just spin that car around. Wind's very tricky here, and it seems like some of the cars balance that we've had in the past, that wind could really affect one style car or aero package than the others. And um, very, very, and I remember, we're talking slick racetracks. When they reset, we paved this place. We came out and tested. And it was, and it was an ice skating rink, literally an ice skating rink. And they, you couldn't get up to speed whatsoever. We kept trying, trying to get rubber put down. It just it wasn't good, and they funny. If you recall, they came and ground the track. They actually ground the track right. to get rid of some of the shine and some of that. It was almost too smooth, and and so um, that could be, you know, the situation of pit lane. This thing's been resealed. Um, this track's been resealed since last year, and it looks like pit lane has been too, just as black as it is. But maybe just like uh, we, we talked about, the temperature being down just a little bit, and these tires just not having that grip yet, coming out of pit lane, not having heat in the tires, could be causing this. I am. Uh, I just watched Elio walk back to Gasoline Alley from the hospital, and I mean, he is still. Uh, hands on his head, hands on his hips. He's still talking to himself. He's still shaking his head back and forth. Um, and, and, and now the AMR IndyCar safety team have joined uh, Kyle Novak and Jason Penix from here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, they all are looking in that area. And they're looking in the area about where Elio Castroneves uh, shot across the racetrack and into that turn two wall. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we're looking at time. I just, just show Rocket down there. He's Jay Fry's Jay here Fry's as well. down there, all looking. No sense risking it. If there's right. something that needs to be, you know, th- this is just a practice session, like like Colton said. No sense really risking it. And if there's a situation down there that's causing these cars to go, excuse, let's let's fix that problem before we continue on. And maybe it's time to, maybe just. Maybe stop and take a look at it because it's it's catching good guys out. I mean, a four-time winner. Will Powers won this before. How about when Elio Castroneves says, man, I, you got to learn every time you come here. He's a four-time winner still learning. Well, and, you know, talking about the importance and significance of this, hearing both of those guys, folks, they gave you a little insight as to what's at stake here and what's on the line here because Colton Herta said it. 
we take a lot of time to build this race car for this race. And, boy, if it had been worse, he said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little happier now. Not as quite as mad as I was when I was in the car. But this is the car that won the fourth Indy 500 for Elio Castro Neves. And he has every reason to believe that that car could do it again. And, and why wouldn't he? And, uh, boy, to see it crumpled up. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he's devastated. So what, what absolutely the, devastated. Absolutely. And he knows, too, just like Colton knows, these cars are really built for this racetrack and this race. And what they do, what the, what the, the specialty is the perfect. And I think Frucci said earlier about Dry and Rainbow, they have all year to really prep That's right. those cars and get the body fits absolutely perfect and just streamline it. And really detailed to every single nut, bolt, body fit, wheel cover, brakes. I mean, just everything is just absolutely just right down perfect, perfect. And knowing that you spend probably three times the effort getting a car ready for Indy than you do the rest of the season. Um, and then, like Colton said, he's fortunate. It just it, it really didn't get anything airily. It's a nose piece, which that's pretty easily uh, taken care of and, and to get back going again. And then uh, a little bit of suspension in the back, which that has nothing to do with the body fits and the things that they specialize for this track. Yeah, it's got to be uh, just, uh, you know, as we mentioned, the head-scratching uh, for these teams and these drivers uh, when, when a situation like this comes about, and they're not sure why it's happening. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That, that's, that's not a good feeling for those that are following them out. <clears throat> no, that's right. And, and we got quite a, you know, uh, Tim Sendrick's down there involved with uh, Novak and with Rocket and uh, Jay Fry, just trying to figure out wh- what's going on. Why is this a situation? Because as Elio said, it wasn't a speed deal. Elio said he wasn't even going fast. He wasn't even trying. He just right. was coming out pit lane. And, and let me tell you, where wheel power spun, you, you just, you're just barely coming out of the pit lane. There's yeah. no speed there whatsoever. And so being able to get wheel spin going that slow, uh, um, on the warm-up plane, there's definitely something going on. And is it is it is it no uh, uh, temperature, no sun on the track? What what exactly is it? But uh, they're walking down there. You can see they're rubbing their feet against the ground, like they can tell it's a little bit slick, and uh, just need to reevaluate it. Uh, well, um, earlier uh, this week, of course, a huge announcement uh, marks the return of Beth Perretta and her race team in conjunction with Ed Carpenter Racing. Good news: the likable Simona Di Silvestro back in a race car. But not for the Indianapolis 500. More on that from Michael Young. A very chilly day here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, tucked beside a wall of Firestone tires, joined by Beth Peretta, owner of Peretta Autosport. Big announcement yesterday, and I'll let you kind of recap it, but congratulations. Uh, great news for you guys. Thank you so much. We are so excited. The team's excited. Simona DeSilvestro is excited. We're going to be back this year in the IndyCar Series, running at least three races, uh, Road America, Mid-Ohio, and Nashville. We're going to be uh, here on Indy 500 weekend for a, a few obligations with our sponsors. So we're excited to actually be here during the month of May. And then we'll also be integrating with, we're going to be working with Ed Carpenter Racing, which we're so excited about because we're going to have a technical alliance with them, which is critical for our success and our growth. And as we we try to get our legs under us to be a full-time entrant here in the IndyCar Series. And so we're also going to work with them and be integrated during the Detroit weekend so that we can kind of get get our teams working together and hit the ground running for Road America. An interesting announcement in the fact that you're not running Indianapolis, and I know that had to have been a tough decision, but a lot goes on in a decision like that. Why did you decide to go the route that you're going? It was a, it was really more a commercial decision because to do as many races as we're doing costs actually more than just doing the 500. So obviously you can tell that it's not a financial decision. It was really um, an investment in our future, and and uh, because we're we're trying to grow carefully and and practically and pragmatically, the idea of us going 
going to three new venues for me was more important than coming back and doing just a one-off for the 500 because it gets our crew to new places so they get to kind of experience a different race weekend format they get to and a different venue the car is going to be coming in left to right at some of these places so that that's good for pit crew training um and in fairness too Simona's great at road and street and so to kind of get her back in her element and getting back in her you know getting to know this car because again last time she was here full time the car was different we have an aero screen uh but to her, for her to get into this dw12 with the aero screen at these new places that this is all education and growth how does this help the business to business opportunities for yourself and the teams especially at a, at a venue like nashville it's, it's such a, an enormous race it's there's two things that are great we have a new uh partner in kiwico we announced yesterday our new sponsor which make it's a hands-on learning crates for kids so hand uh, like educational toys really fantastic toys kiwico.com and for them to go to these different markets is because they're still going to activate here during the month of may so they're going to still see all our indianapolis fans but for them to be able to go to a place like mid ohio which you've got families camping out for the weekend so family friendly nashville you've got you know smack dab in a city that race was gangbusters last year is probably only going to be bigger this year so for commercially to get to new markets is great but selfishly also to meet fans in new markets is great a little bit about the alliance with ed carpenter racing obviously last year with team penske how did this alliance come about was it a, a long nurturing kind of thing or did it happen overnight it did not happen overnight so i i've actually been talking to ed honestly off and on for a couple of years we've had just a couple of chats and um after indy last year i knew that we weren't going to be able to work with roger again because of logistics the, the people that we had helping us last year are now working on developing his porsche sports car program so we we've known that all along so that then uh made me pivot to kind of find a different um you know a different group of people that we could work with and respectfully to work for just a 500 situation is one thing to work long term and on, on a you know multi-race arc is a little different proposition and um honestly i think you know when, when i sat with ed it just felt like a really good fit culturally and as well uh, he honestly gets what we're doing he values what we're doing so that's nice to and it, just as roger did you know roger valued what we're doing and, and gave us that shot in the arm and gave us such a launch last year and and um really we wouldn't be here without what we did in 2021 and that's all thanks to roger penske and the indycar series and it teed up the opportunity for us now to, to work with ed and and we'll see how how this year goes and see if it can maybe grow into something more congratulations again we'll see you at the three races this year and again in the month of may beth peretta all the best to you and we'll look forward to seeing you and simona later on in the indycar season calendar thank you so much we're so excited that's beth peretta she's the team owner of peretta autosport uh, well, uh, the powers that be in the NTT IndyCar Series have uh, been walking up and down pit road, Davey, and having conversations with the drivers individually and uh, kind of wonder what it is uh, they, they may have found at that uh, that pit exit lane down there in the south end between one and two. Yeah, we know one thing for sure. It's slick. We do know that. Is there something different about it? Is it different the way the cars are set up? Is it the tires? Is it the track? Is it a combination of all the above? Maybe the conditions? But we do see, you know, the, the decision makers walking up and down the track. They went and talked to Ed Carpenter, poked his head in the uh, cockpit of Ed, asked him a few questions. Uh, they're now walking back to uh, to the garage area, not knowing if any decisions are being made. Uh, I, I think my guess is that uh, Kyle, it, very, very soon, if he's going anywhere, he'd be headed back to race control. But uh, he stops and has one more conversation with uh, Kevin Blanche and, uh, and Jay Fry. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. And Jason Penix is there as well, as we mentioned, uh, who heads up the facility here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, 
Michael Young, uh, trying to get a word with uh, with one of them to get some clarification in terms of uh, where things stand and when we might get back to green flag racing. Now, we won't have Kyle Novak uh, on air, but Michael Young, you just talked to him. Yeah, I just said, do we know what's going on? Even if we don't have an answer, could you kind of let us know where we stand? He goes, you'll have an answer in five minutes. I said, will there be an announcement? He said, yeah, we'll have something for you in about five minutes. He didn't specify what that announcement was, but he said in five minutes it would have an answer. As you said, Mark, he was in the cockpit talking to Ed Carpenter. It was him, Kevin Blanche, Jay Fry, and Jason Penix from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Jason and I had a conversation. He goes, I don't know what to really tell you. We didn't really find anything, but again, curious that Kyle Novak said you will have an answer in five minutes, so we'll look forward to that and see what happens. It's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> this, this place, I mean, in terms of the dimensions, uh, much like they were, uh, you know, in, in, in 1911 when it was laid out, and yet uh, it, it just, uh, that's the mystique of this place, Davey, inexplicably changes from one year to the next. Now, now again, they've made some changes, of course, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, tightening up the corners and things of that nature, but uh, but by and large, uh, there's just, boy, it's... It, you just don't know. You don't know what's going to no. throw at you next. And like I say, you can never be. You always have to be on your toes and, and try and try to be comfortable with what this track does and has to offer. And it, uh, it's another. Here's another curveball thrown at everybody in these teams. I see some of the drivers looks like maybe uh, might be. I think it's uh, Callum Eilat uh, out of the car. Maybe Frucci may be out of his car as well. Some of them with only a half hour left scheduled practice. Got to remember we're they're out on, on track from ten to four tomorrow. Some of them may just say, you know what, let's just wait. To, uh, let's let's be done for the day. Well, see if conditions change tomorrow. But then again, until um, that five, you know, till whatever <clears throat> answer or whatever press conference is going to be in five minutes. Who knows? I think that uh, Doc Wood, uh, the prognosticators of the forecast, tell us that uh, you know tomorrow could be uh, you know a pretty good day all in all. And so uh, they may take some of this time scheduled to run today and just add it on tomorrow. Add it on tomorrow. But it's I, an all skate from 10 to 4. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, l- plenty of time tomorrow. So even if they don't add it, they still have a lot of time, a lot of track time, but they could just add maybe a little bit, start a half hour early, go a half hour later. They have some options. But uh, but key thing is, we've already had three incidents, really. Maybe really four. I mean, we got a couple car cars. you got Colton in the wall. Yeah, you you got Elio uh, uh, Castroneves in the wall. Plus, you got power spinning out and... and uh, uh, who, who else? But well, the, Alex, oh, Rossi. Yeah, Rossi. yeah Rossi's got to be the one. Oh, oh, okay, now maybe I feel a little differently about what, what happened. happened. Yeah, Because yeah. I'm not the only one now. Yeah, you know? that's right. So, so what he what happened this morning? Obviously, as a race driver, some, I, hey, I've been there. Some things happen. The next thing you're going backwards, or something happens in your car, and you have no explanation. Like what just happened? That is completely. I've been doing this a long time, completely out of the ordinary. And so, yeah, when well, you have the four incidents already in this short the short amount of time they've been in track on track. Uh, you don't want it to get worse. Let's put it that way. Uh, may get disrupted uh, by an announcement, and we'll cut away to that right away once we have the details. But, uh, again, uh, we'll talk about that minute with Mario. Davey came up with the idea. It's been wildly received. Uh, it's going to get better and continue to grow. And here's an opportunity, folks, for you to get involved in this. If you have a question for the legend, Mario Andretti, all you got to do is email radio at IndyCar.com. That's radio at IndyCar.com. 
We understand the demand may be kind of high, but we'll do what we can to get those questions to Mario, and he'll be able to answer those for you on that minute with Mario. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, fun time. And like I said, I was able to spend so much time with Mario, and, and I found myself asking him all kinds of questions, you know, from his Formula One days to his early days in Silver Crown and on the dirt and racing with Aldo and just how they came, came about going. There were so many things, and I, and I find myself every time I'm always asking him questions about something I thought – this is so interesting to me as a racing driver, as a friend of Mario's. I, I just figured that the, 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 the world needs to hear this. This is interesting stuff. And so that's where we came up with the Minute with Mario. And, and uh, he's having fun with it as well. And we try to be creative on questions. And now that uh, give our listeners the opportunity to ask some questions as well to Mario. Pretty active guy on social media. I know one of the cool things that he does during the holiday that is wildly received is that he encourages people to post pictures of their racing-themed Christmas trees. Yeah. And he will respond to them. Yeah. And give him a thumbs up. Yeah, you know, he, he's very, very active on social media. Um, he loves being around people. And I'll tell you what, th- there, there's nobody that has more passion for motorsports than Mario Andretti. And at least nobody that I've ever met that has more passion, whether it's behind the wheel, whether it's supporting the series, whether it's watching the races, supporting drivers. I mean, he just has a passion. And, and, and I should especially any kind of four-wheel motorsports, but 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 you watch you watch Formula One, you watch you watch motorcycle racing. He chimes he chimes in on so many things, and he just is a a true true fan of this sport. Well, uh, we just uh, received an announcement from IndyCar that apparently the, the concerns are rather great in that South End, Davy, because we are officially done for the day yeah, with 28 that, minutes remaining in the session. Yeah, that surprise me. I think that's a really good call, actually. Just there's no sense making any other risk until they really know exactly what's going on. Give them a chance to evaluate the track, evaluate the cars, talk to the drivers that had the issues, and, and just get more more insight on, on what they feel is going on and try to get a fix for tomorrow. Well, I mean, you know, once is, oops, may, may have been a driver error. Uh, Second time you start thinking, well, now, wait a minute. How about one of the guys that experienced what's going on in the South End? Will Power, he's with Michael Young. I don't know if Will can shed any light on what happened, but clearly something is going on on the pit lane down on the South End of this track. We have been officially called for the day. Yeah. Look like you just lost the car. Same with Elio, same with Alexander Rossi. What What do you think's happening? I, I um, yeah, it, man, it scared the living daylights out of me, like, because I knew the whole pack was coming, and it just lit up. I was second gear, and it just absolutely zero warning, and I, I was like, I either hit oil or water. That's what it felt like, or I got on the grass. Like, it just, I've never had that, and it scared the absolute crap out of me. So the back end just literally stepped out. It's just like lost all grip. It just, like, I think it's straight line spun. Like, whatever, the wheels just lost traction, and, um, man... Like yeah, they look at the video. They cannot see like how what what happened. Um, uh, you know, the only thing I, I, for me personally, the only thing I could think of was, you know, I'd already done a lap, so I got some temp, and then I drove slowly through the apron to let the pack go to get some clear air because we were trying to test some stuff. And normally, when you leave the box, you're burnout, and it gives some surface temp. Like that's kind of the you know the only thing I could think of was it's cold tires, but I'd done. Like, you know, I'd done a lap and a, and a half. Like, it's just, it scared me. I, you know, I was just like, they have to understand what that was because, you know, I, I feel terrible for Colton Herder because he crashed because I was spinning on the, the bloody apron. And, 
and uh, you know I just don't want it to happen to someone and they end up up on the track and you know if we remember what happened to Zanardi it's that sort of thing so it's very um, yep I really want to understand yeah what I did wrong and if there's something I can do and also if there's something we can do you know on the on the track side you know is it just cold temps is it what is it so clearly in your mind it was a good call that we called the day today until we figure it out yeah I think I mean man you think about Elio such a veteran Rossi veteran I've been around forever three guys spinning on the pit apron is um, unusual yeah Okay, well, we appreciate your time, and uh, glad you're okay. Thank you. That's willpower, guys. Uh, Good stuff, Michael Young. And, uh, Davey, obviously, uh, you know, it's better to to shut it down, uh, as as willpower so succinctly put it. I mean, you're you're not talking about rookies having issues down there. You're talking about veterans. Veterans, yeah. Uh, You know, all winners of this race, by the way. So, yeah, absolutely the best thing to do until they figure out exactly what's going on, why this is happening. As Will said, you know, it's a scary, scary situation when you got cars coming on race track at 220 miles an hour that could have hit him at zero miles an hour just not a good combination need to get it fixed for sure and that's what they did they called it this is not race weekend we're not right. we're not hurrying trying to get this this is just an opportunity for these cars to get the track and you know what mark this is a great this is why they have this test not only for the teams and the drivers but they just found something else that could have bit them in the month of may and that's this situation they have right here so uh, what about a seal something to do with the, maybe the the sealer that you could have been. We've seen that. We've seen that before, where Sealer just does not have that grip um, that that we like to see. Um, and and there's a way to fix that as well. So I don't know. You know, we'll just have to wait and hear what everybody's. You know, tonight's going to be a busy night for everybody, uh, all the staff and right. the drivers. To, I'm sure they're going to be a little meeting to talk to them to see what they feel. So the drivers, just like Will, he he goes, I don't know. I was just a second gear and it just wheel spun. And what happens with these cars with all the cambers they have in the rear when they spin, they turn. It wants to turn left, hard left, and that's what makes them spin out. So really have no control of the car at that point. So as a a, a promoter, a a track owner, you've worn all of those hats. You've been involved in track prep and things of that nature. So uh, any – can you speculate as to what they can do maybe to fix that situation? Well, you know, I think they could. They could actually – there's several ways. I mean, there's from spraying – you know, it's like we do on indoor racing. as simple as putting some Coke syrup and Clorox down, spraying and let it get grip. That's not what I would suggest in this situation, but maybe dragging some tires around there to try to get some rubber built up on that warm-up plane, or maybe even do a small grind where it kind of takes some of that shine and that polish off of that to, to allow more grip down there. So not not being down there to see exactly what the situation is and what they're up against, um, you know, don't have that, but there, I, there are some solutions that, uh, that can fix it. What an interesting day. Yeah, how about that? Well, I mean, I Mother Nature kind of got things off to a, a slow start. And then, you know, Alexander Rossi comes off of pit road, spins. People say, well, well gosh, it's Lady Luck. I'm not going to smile on him here. And now we find out as the day progresses. And uh, what's funny is that, you know, by large, the refresher and rookie orientation program went pretty smooth. It went pretty well. Yeah. You know, so, I think in a situation, if you won this race before, be careful. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, 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 that does sound like the case for sure. We can tell you Scott Dixon was the fastest at 227.187. Uh, in the 226 range, Daly, Eilat, Ferrucci, then at 225, Erickson, Rossi, Castro, Neves, Hildebrand. Then in the 224 range, Herta, Sato, Pelot, DeFrancesco, VK, 
Then at 223, Simon Pagino, Grosjean, O'Ward, McLaughlin at 222, Rosenquist at 221, along with Power and Carpenter down at 220, uh, Harvey and Kanan, Ray Hall at 219, Newgarden 218, and 218 for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, no speed in this session for Montoya, Kirkwood, and Lundgaard. 10 to 4 Eastern tomorrow. So, Davey, uh, uh, I think Mother Nature's going to cooperate. And tomorrow, as long as that issue's fixed in the south end, should be a fascinating day. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great day. They'll fix that. And even if they have to put a, a really slow speed limit for these drivers until they can get it fixed permanently for tomorrow, just uh, maybe say, hey, you, you got to be, you know, 30, 40 miles an hour through there until you get onto the back straightaway. So they'll figure something out where these, uh, all these teams, drivers, all get track time. So uh, um, it'll be exciting to Tomorrow for sure, and I expect to see that we haven't yet all 32 cars. We'll see the racetrack tomorrow, Mark. And, and we do want to get – we had a conversation earlier, as we mentioned. Michael Young has been here all day long talking to a number of drivers, and earlier today he caught up with uh, Ed Carpenter, Carpenter Racing's Rena's VK. And uh, if you run for Ed Carpenter Racing, chances are – you might be a favorite to uh, come to the Indianapolis 500 for sure. So here's Michael Young's conversations earlier today with Renus VK. Walking back to the garage area with Renus VK, saying hello to everybody from Ed Carpenter Racing. Getting ready to go back out into the car. So morning session. It was chilly. It was windy. Your thoughts? Um, it was actually pretty good uh, for us. We had no big games to do, uh, to do long runs or much changes in the morning. So I did an initial check, two runs, and car feels good, very stable, and yeah. So tell me about these barge boards and strakes. We ran them at Texas. Were you running them in the early session? Yeah, we were running them. So what are what are they like at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Um, they're good. It just you know we get a lot of downforce right now because of the temperature compared to last year. So it feels pretty good to me. And uh, yeah, so far so far so good. How's it changed the car? Do you were you running in traffic a lot? Were you able to really test it and see if you're able to pass? I haven't tested it yet, but I definitely saw a huge improvement in Texas. Um, just Indy is such a you know it's such a big track. Maybe it's going to create a little too much drag from when you're leading a race or anything. So, love to uh, see see what is best during today and tomorrow, and of course all the testing days we get in May. So, what is it like to have Ed back in a car? I mean, he's still the boss, but he's in a car. He's a driver now too. Yeah, it's different to have Ed as a teammate, but it's uh, it's good. It's he, he definitely knows what he's doing, so it's good data and. Uh, yeah, he's he's a fast driver, and uh, he wants to win very badly, too. What do you want to improve on in this month of May? What is it that you feel, your racecraft, that you're lacking that, if I could just figure this out, it would help me tenfold? Um... I'm not sure. I think uh, pretty good. I mean, I mean, you're it, quick, it's but going pretty the, well. But I think just using the the experience I I got throughout the last full, full season, uh, I think I think that's huge, and I'm becoming better and better every time I come back to Indy. So. I think I can definitely, uh, you know, I think Chevy has done pretty good, so we can challenge for for a pull. And yeah, I think I think our folks just get better and better every year. What's the one thing when you come here that, that catches you off guard every time that you come out? Or is there one thing you're like, oh, it, it maybe startles you, or you're like, oh man, I got to remember that? 
It's fast. It's fast. I got in here, and you know, coming out of pit lane for the first time for my first lap, you, know, you get you get to well, first time turn one at speed, and you're like, ah. So, you know, you, you got to build it up easy. We got all the time of the, you know, we got a long day, so we can use it all. But um, it definitely, you need to get used to it. Yeah. Does it look like you're going to drive into a wall? I mean, does it look like it just doesn't go anywhere? Oh, in front of you. That's all. And um, you, you got to 100% trust the car to withstand those forces. And, well, ECR builds a great car for that. So, uh yeah, it's it's different, and uh, it's definitely a lot different coming back from Long Beach going to here. But uh, no, it's it's very good so far. Yeah, no water here, and it's a little bit chillier, but it's still Indianapolis. Yeah, it's uh, it's different. Instead of uh, instead of sweating uh, sweating my butt off, I'm having three jackets on normally. So yeah, we'll let you get back to it. Good luck sure. in this afternoon session. Okay. Thank you. Always great to see you. We've got people running everywhere. Rita VK, everybody. Uh, yeah, earlier today, good stuff from Michael Young and Rita's VK, and uh, and now we see uh, the folks from uh, from Firestone are out, Davey, so they're literally throwing everything at this. They season. are. So what they have, they have a, a machine that tests the grip of the racetrack itself. They use it a lot in drag racing, Mark, on the on the burnout pads just to see how much how much rubber grip is laid on the racetrack and how much, um, you know, how, how the tire can adhere to it. And so they, th- th- that's a great tool, and they have it out already. We talked about that a little bit earlier, that that could be something. They're, they're actually fixing the safer barrier where the cars got into it. They're already got paint where Colton Herta hit. I mean, they're, they're getting after it right now. But the most important thing I think really to look at is exactly that, is trying to see if this machine, did it tell them if there's absolutely, if it's like ice or if it's super grippy and, and, or, and where it needs to be to have traction. I guess Scott Dixon at 227-187. Daily, Eilat, Ferrucci, and Erickson, your top five. Rossi, Castro, Nevis, Hildebrand, Herta, and Sato, the top ten. Grip issues in the south end of the pit road exit going on to the back straightaway, uh, causing issues, bringing to an end uh, this day one of testing here at the world's greatest race course. We hope you join us throughout the day tomorrow. We will be with you bright and early at 10 a.m., be with you until 4 in the afternoon, yours truly along with uh, uh, Davey Hamilton and Michael Young. You can join us on the IndyCar app powered by NTD Data, racecontrol.indycar.com, indycarradio.com, the Mixler app, TuneIn Premium, and Sirius XM 160. Davey, I can think of no better place to start the day than Charlie Brown's. In that, that's <laughs> yeah, that, that does sound good. Yeah. That's uh, that. Uh, Always good. As a matter of fact, it's good if you can get in. That's right. It's so busy sometimes you can't get in there. Yeah, we may have to be there early for sure. The director of IndyCar Radio is Chris Pollock, uh, Master Control Operations today by Chris Pollock and Sam Rumsa. Our chief engineer is Rick Evans. And production at RF Operations and support courtesy of Paul Levin. For Michael Young and Davey Hamilton, this is Mark Jane. So long for now from the world's greatest race course, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.